26 June 2022, today we have a case study and the question revolves around housing loan. Should I pay off my HDB loan? I actually bought a 4-room resale flat previously and left with 200k of bank loan. The person asking the question is age 35 with wife age of 30. They have about 230,000 of cash, bonds and investments and they are thinking of paying off the loan next year and not planning to liquidate investments which is about 80,000. Now coming to here, I can draw some conclusions. With 230,000 in assets and 200,000 of mortgage loan left, quite clearly they can actually pay it off already. And you know, to some, it's quite possible to actually fully pay off your HDB, use it to rent out. Nowadays, HDB rent is climbing quite aggressively. You can easily rent a four-room flat for 2,008 or $3,000 per month. It can actually go and retire in uh, Malaysia or Thailand or even Indonesia. So in that sense, the core loan is paid off already. If they have sufficient other assets, they could really be closer to financial freedom than, than many other people. But what I could also see from here is that 80,000 of investments could have dropped because you know right now stock markets are doing quite poorly. Also, this suggests that they have cash and bonds worth about 150,000. And that suggests to me that they've invested very gradually, still very conservative in their approach. In this aspect, is good since you are not too firm with investments, going too fast a pace uh, luckily wasn't the choice because right now markets are down. They have actually ammunition to get into markets, but they are not quite sure. So if you are new to investing, always start off small. Just like in driving, you always have a triangle play, correct? When you go small, you would make mistakes and you lose less when you are starting off and going smaller. So do like this case, be a bit more conservative, especially on new end. Once you've gone through bear markets, you start to build your confidence in survival. But let's read on further. They are currently investing into Singapore banks, REITs, S&P 500, Scythe and Alibaba shares. And they have also some other stocks. I'll pause a bit here. It sounds like the list of assets with just about 80,000 is spread out very broadly, which means everything has little bit, little bit, which is also not the right direction to approach investing. When you buy a particular fund, a particular share, you should understand it carefully. You don't need 20 items on list, you probably only need 10. So keep that focus in mind. Each block, each size should be meaningful. Each block, each size should have an impact, a, a real sizable percentage, not like uh, $1,000 or $2,000. In the end, you lose uh, interest in keeping track of things and that's usually where poor performance usually sets in. So I'll advocate to string that size because right now we're seeing the list grow quite big with just $80,000. The portfolio hasn't been doing too well and they don't think they're good in investments. Core question again, should they pay off their mortgage? Is it a wise choice for them? Let me try to help you answer that also, just in case you are in a similar situation. Paying off the mortgage as of this current moment, not a good idea. Why so? In a broad picture, HDB loans, if you pay it off, you can't draw it back out again. You know, I've done a previous video. For my condo, I can just do a term loan out, which means I can still draw term equity from the housing loan because that's with the bank and for private property. But for HDB, once you pay it off, you cannot draw out monies from there. And typically, mortgage loans are usually the ones with the lowest interest uh, and HDB loan, as you know, is fixed 2.6%. So paying it off early, you are removing the only possible source of low cost debt and HDB loans are not bank loans, whereby bank loans now you see it climbing quite aggressively, correct? In fact, I can share with you, I've done some homework for the main channel. I'll be sharing a tutorial on latest findings on bank mortgage. A lot of fixed rates are right now above 2.5% already, which means the HDB loan at 2.6% is a no brainer. If you are buying a BTO uh, soon, 
simplify it, just go with the HDB loan. I think you you serve well with that recommendation. But back to the point, clearing it off, not a good idea. Why? Because right now, there's this tool, Singapore Savings Bond. I've echoed it on this channel before. Singapore Savings Bond is applied simply through internet banking or ATM. Just have a CDP account, you can go and apply one already. And as of this moment, the 10-year average rate for Singapore Savings Bond for the June one, you realize it's 2.71%, correct? Which means you might as well pump that money into Singapore Savings Bond. A, 10 years, you get 2.71% average. That's true, not compounded, but it's still a higher rate. And B, if interest rates continue to climb, you can simply sell off this bond and buy a future tranche that is even higher, which means you have 2.6% incurred, but 2.71 or even higher in future. You get it? And the core part of it is you keep that flexibility, which means if you need for future home upgrade for whatever cases, that monies can be used for deposits, CPF plus the, the deposits. You have a lot of flexibility with that cash. Keeping that flexibility is very important because right now, as we can hear, they are only age of 35 and 30. You know, nowadays, most of us who buy homes in the age of 20s, 30s, are not going to stay there until we die, correct? We are very likely going to change houses at some point. Upgrade or not really depends. But at some point, we are needing to move houses simply because we need to be near, nearer parents. Uh, BTO is too far from parents. You want to move, got kid. Needs to cut down logistics, that's one. Or B, you need to be near primary schools. That's where I see a lot of parents upgrade and go near a primary school that they want. So in a lot of ways, the simple solution is Singapore Savings Bond, park the money there, have enough to fill up the 200000 and then you should be very comfortable to invest the rest. Gradually or not, depends on your experience again. And just to share a bit more on Singapore Savings Bond, the max per person is 200000 So if you have a loan of 400000 very simple, between you and your spouse, 200000 each, you cover that loan, don't worry about it already. Which means, sky falls down, you already have that loan settled. You can always draw and repay and simply be confident of investing the rest. The last statement, the portfolio has not been doing too well. You know, I'd like to ask a few rounding questions from today's quick podcast. Have you wondered before why some older folks swear off investing? Is it because A, they have never invested before and they don't know what it is? Or B, they have actually invested before when they were much younger and at some stage when they made some small profits, they actually poured in more only to see it evaporate and to incur big losses. That's why they lost money before it hurts. They swore off it. Think about it. Have you also wondered why some people swear by property and have great stories of making money in property, but there are not that many people who made money in financial markets, especially when financial markets have been proven to be a superior return as compared to properties in Singapore, residential ones. Is it because properties are slow and steady compounders of wealth or that homeowners don't actually need to see a loss don't actually need to go and evaluate their properties when we see bear markets in property cycle you know 2013 onwards 2013 to 2016 properties were actually in a bear anybody who had bought in 2013 would have seen a loss on terms of their paper value but there's no incentive to go and pay five dollars for valuer to go and see a loss on the paper correct and a 10% loss on a 500,000 property will easily be 50,000. Conversely, the property is worth a million dollars, 10% down, that is 100,000 loss in terms of the paper value, simply by just valuing it when it's in a bear market. Asian financial crisis, the decline was even more severe. But again, why have more people made monies in properties rather than financial markets? Think about it. As a key running point for today's quick discussion, investing is really like 
a roller coaster when it comes to financial markets. When we think about 8% per annum, I also like to suggest to this person asking a question as well as to you if you haven't seen too much of bear markets and markets ups and downs. 8% per annum, if you're hoping for it, it's not going to be a linear straight up 8% like on that exponential curve. Quite likely, it's usually minus 20%, plus 50%, minus 20%, plus 50%. It's a journey up and down where many people are unable to ride it out and have the right patience to really grow that monies. So investing is not easy. Investing can get you the wealth. The best part is if you know that your home is settled, invest with confidence. Play to win. Hopefully, this is an interesting point of view that can shed some light on what you should do with your money. And with that, I'll sign off from this podcast. I'll see you next one. Take care as always. Goodbye.